0: good to be in the house of the lord we're on uh i I know i took a step back in some of the scriptures we were almost to hebrews 12 and i i I backtracked to just to kind of cover perfection a little bit more and uh so we'll start reading from verse 39 and 40 this morning come on in sister freedom That's a nice surprise this morning. <laughs> Let's just go the Lord in prayer before we read our scripture. Lord, we're so grateful this morning to you for all your many blessings. And, and Lord, we just ask your blessing as we study these things out this morning. Lord, certainly we know we're relying on you for spiritual perfection, Lord, and to bring us to a place, Lord, where we can have confidence in your word. I pray God that you're just bless, by the way as he's preparing and studying, Lord. Bless our, our ears to hear, Lord, we ask in your name. So in verse 39, it says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise, all the ones that... Um, uh, it, that that was very timely yesterday that that sermon that brother Luke was preaching he's he 's basically <laughs> preaching what we 've been studying on it i uh, I was telling Brother Wade yesterday pretty much everything he said was actually in my in my slides and so forth uh, uh many many of the main points that he covered so that's it's it 's just amazing to see the spirit move and just line everything up just like that <clears throat> but we 've been talking about the the cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11 that, um, that Paul mentions in Hebrews 12, the cloud of witnesses, that we've got all these examples of, our, of, of people that, instead of looking at the circumstances, they just looked straight at Christ. But yet, they never attained the promise that was promised to us, the promise of a Holy Ghost-filled life. And uh, in Hebrews 12, you know, Paul would go on to say, we've, we've come to those things, we've come to, the, to the, what they were just looking at. And in verse 40, it says, God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And so just kind of meditate on that. What is perfection? And to think this morning that they're they're waiting on us, that they're relying on us, that they need us to come to a place of perfection. And, you know, it, where you, how are you going to get perfect? It's not by, uh, like Brother Luke was even preaching last night, Where you, you, we can't put works before faith, we put faith before works because it's not our works that brings perfection, but it's our faith in Him, yes, the finished work in Jesus Christ that brings perfection. It's, Christ. it's all about Christ. Amen. It's not what I am, Brother Brown would say, in the unconditional covenant that God made with the people. It's not what I am, who I am. It's the perfection of Jesus Christ and God that died in my place to make me what I am. It isn't whether I can stand, I can't, it's whether he stood in my place. And he said that would make a Baptist shout. There's something about it that's real. Why is it something that's real? Because it's Christ that's doing the work. It's Christ that, uh, as we were, uh, the the last time I spoke, uh, just on a topic, as we were studying things out, that message to intervail. It's Christ that takes you from a place of struggle to a place of rest. Because when you're resting in Christ, it's him doing the work, not you brother ram would say the law having a shadow god requires perfection no one could ever come to heaven outside of being perfect you must be perfect and yet the scripture says none is perfect so if you must be perfect to come to heaven then and the scripture says none is perfect and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of god how are we ever going to enter god's living place and dwelling place when he requires perfection Jesus said, I believe in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, be therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Think of the perfection that God requires of the perfection, of the person of perfection. And that's what Hebrews 11 verse 40 says, that they without us should not be made perfect. Hebrews 10 said, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. So those believers in that great cloud of witness, witnesses in Hebrews 11, they could never come to this perfection. The law could never bring you to a perfection, what perfection? Perfection in Christ, yes. where he's not looking at you anymore. He's looking at himself. He's looking at what he's done in you. He's looking at his life. He's looking at his blood. He's looking at the, the perfection. Well, when, when God looks at himself, how can you find, like, like Paul said, how can you hold anything to the charge of God's elect? If God has filled your heart with the Holy Ghost and God is residing there, how can you, how can you hold anything to the charge of somebody that's been made perfect? Amen. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It changes you, changes the way that you think. It changes the way you, you are to make you like Christ. In a, the message identification, it said his sinless nature expressed God's word and the only way that you will ever be able to express God's word <laughs> That you believe it and watch it act behind you you will have to have that sinless nature that come from god before the foundation of the world you was recognized with him before the word can ever express itself through you it takes a sinless nature to do that what kind of what kind of nature the nature of christ that god can give you his nature so that you you become from somebody that wants to fight and stew and and rail to uh, a meek little lamb nature and what in the message identification he said that don't mean perfection in yourself you can't be that but you see even our people are getting away from the practice of holiness we begin to let down so many bars see we come we got to come to that place of our profession he is our example and he is our sin bearer and then if we profess that he is our peacemaker he is our propitiation then if we profess that then that is supposed to reflect him back in us Oh, well, you see why the, the word that you hear is actually accomplishing something in your life as you, you're, you're born by the word and that produces the life of Christ in your soul. But as you continue to eat the word, it's like looking in a mirror until you become more and more and more like Christ. And what's it doing? It's not you, it's not your perfection, it's Christ's perfection. The so way you look in the mirror and, and, and it's, it's Christ's perfle- perfection being reflected back because now where you used to act like the world, you're behaving and thinking and walking like Christ. It's Christ that's on this place. So where is your perfection come? From Christ, not from your own works, not from the, from the lies of the devil or the things of this world, but from Christ. Yes. The word is actually bringing you to a place of perfection. Yes. And just some little thoughts that I just pulled, some nuggets that I pulled out of different things that Brother Ram said. He said it's a perfect place calling you to that perfection. And you have to be perfect to get there. And he said, perfection come by Jesus Christ. And another place he said, he has perfected forever those that are sanctified or clean by the Holy Spirit. Then we are in perfection. Now you can see from that previous slide that perfection is tied to holiness. Because somebody that's, oh, Jesus ain't going to have nothing to do with an unholy life. You've got to be sanctified before just a little baby form sanctify, sanctification before God can even tabernacle himself in, in your soul because God will not dwell in an unclean vessel. So perfection is tied to holiness. And that's what this stature of a perfect man is about. Holy godliness and brotherly kindness and these things are a holy life. And you see, even that that last slide. If we go back to that real quick, he said, people, "People, start getting they drop in the bar away from holiness. God has called us to a holy life, a separated life, yes, a life that looks different from the world." <clears throat> he has perfected forever those that are sanctified or cleaned by the Holy Spirit. Then we are in perfection. God's great Holy Spirit, he said in another place, moving in the hearts of the people, bringing that Eve and Adam together again in their perfection. God's holiness, God's perfection, bringing us back together again where we're not thinking different. We're not walking different. We're not living a different way than Christ would live. And as we get through some of the slides here, what we're seeing, what Brother Ramon is trying to express to us through the scripture is that perfection is a oneness where God, where, where, oh, where you can look at the bride and see Christ manifested again. Not something different, but Christ actually veiled in your flesh again. He said, and, and then ye be therefore perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. How can you be when it's not my perfection? It's not your perfection. It's his perfection of his word that he chose you. You never chose him, and he brought you into Christ, and you are secure with Christ and just as perfect as Christ was before God. For you're not standing with your own, you're standing in him with one thing I believe God. It's his perfection of his word. And Christ is the mystery of God revealed, Brother Ram would say. Hebrews 11 said, they could not be perfect without us. Hands and feet cannot be perfect without the brains, the knowledge, the head, and so forth. See, and we're all perfected in him. Like Brother Luke was preaching last night. By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, free from judgment. It's his spirit. It's his life. It's the life that was in the blood that makes us perfect. And I'll just read through some of these quotes pretty quickly. Matthew 5, 48 says, be perfect Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. In Philippians 3.12, it says, not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And there's Paul talking again about that race. We've got a goal. There's a finish line that we're racing to. And what's, what's the finish line? Perfection, oneness with Christ. Where we've, oh, oh you, you think about how Brother Brown will express that sin uh, the, the things that people do are attributes of sin and the, the, re- and the reason why you do things misbehave is because you, you disbelieve God's word. But think about the effect that could happen if you just believed all of God's word. It will change your life. It will change the way that you are. That's what's happening as you, as you feast on the word. It's making you like Christ in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may your whole spirit, now this is, we talk a lot about the scripture that, that Martin Luther preached on, the just shall live by faith. This is the, the scripture that John Wesley preached on. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because what was John Wesley preaching on? We'll get to in just a moment. He's preaching the stature of a perfect man, that God can sanctify your spirit and make you holy, make you make you live a life that's that's been purged by the Word. That has been cleaned up so that your thinking is different. And Hebrews chapter six verse one said, "Therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ, and be taken forward to maturity." And First John four eighteen says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love." And Colossians one twenty eight says, "He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone." fully mature in Christ. <clears throat> and Ephesians 4, 13, what we all know to, we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the of fullness of Christ. And that word perfect means full grown adult, a full measure of full age, mature. So brother Ram in one place, he said, it's a living seed. It's a word of God. It'll grow to its perfection. So when you hear when that word has been planted in your heart, it will grow and grow and grow until finally you see the bark come on it. You see the leaves come out. You'll see the fruit. It's bearing something. And that's what we're we're doing now. I, I want to take a just quick look at some, what some of these denominations believed about what, about uh, about perfection, because I think it'll it'll be helpful. The reformed Calvinist view believes that you you just can't come to perfection, that there's you just you're you're born again and. And you can't come to it. So I'm just going to summarize these notes. Now Martin Martin Luther finished. He he just centered on Christ's finished work on the cross, and they don't view sanctification as a second work of grace. So he was just focused on you're just you're justified. You're you're. What what was Martin Luther preaching on? The born again experience. That we're not born again. You're not justified by faith in what the Roman Catholic Church teaches or by, by uh, confessing your sins to a priest or uh, things like that. But he was preaching a new birth, the right way to be born again. Rather than seeking to achieve personal perfection, Lutherans rely on Christ's perfect righteousness and to believers through faith. Now, John Wesley took it up a, a second stage. He taught the doctrine of Christian perfection, also known as entire sanctification, and this view emphasizes a second work of grace. In other words, after you're born again, there's more to it. There's more to it that, that, that God can clean up your life and, and, and change things. I'm, I'm not talking about clean up like dirty living. I'm talking about cleaning up the way you think so that you can love your brother. So that this, these things, so that you can live a, a clean, holy life. What, what's perfection again we're talking about? We're talking about a whole holy living. Yes. Holy living toward one another where you can forgive one another and really love one another. This view emphasizes the second work of grace after conversion where believers can attain a state of perfect love and purity, enabling them to live a life free from willful sin. Now let's see what Brother Ram told about this. He said, who was this, and who was this Melchizedek? He said, now we see here plainly the complete secret of our lives in journey and death and where we go after we die. Also predestination is in plain view here. Now, listen, as we teach this closely, the stages of the eternal purpose he had in his secret has now been revealed. There is th- still three stages to perfection, just like he redeems the world, same way he redeems his church. And, and, and the reason let, let's not lose focus of what we're talking about. We're talking about that they, the Hebrews 11 folks are waiting on us. And so it's prudent for us to understand these things. Because we've got to come to perfection. They are waiting on us to come to perfection. There are still three stages to perfection. Just like he redeems the world, same way he redeems his church. He redeems the people in three stages. First is justification, like Luther preached. Now, it's helpful to us, for us to understand what Luther was preaching when he preached justification. He wasn't just preaching about a baby form of justification. Luther was born again. He was born again. He was preaching the right way to be born again. Second, sanctification like Wesley preached. Third, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then comes the rapture. And the third exodus, Brother Brown would say, God always goes in threes. He's perfect in threes. You all notice my preaching. It's always threes and sevens. Threes is his perfection. First, second, and third pull. I know all everything. See, justification, sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, we've got three stages here. Now, Brother Brown, when he preached um, uh, Future Home, the Future Home message, I've got kind of an outline of the three stages as we're just studying these things out um, so that we can try to be plain. And and the, and the, the first quote I've got here, he said, now the first step of justification is repentance toward God. And it he goes on to explain you got your sins have been chopped off, what you did, that your past has been chopped off, but you keep going up, you keep going higher. You're now the second stage, you are completely justified as though you never did it at the beginning. As though you never did it at the beginning. This is a quote from the invisible union. And the third, you're standing completely, you never sinned at the first place. God don't even know. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. You never did it. Now so this first this first quote here is from the message um, the future home of the heavenly bride, and the second and third quotes are from the invisible union. Brother Bram will say in the God's provided place of worship, he said this church will come through justification, through Luther, through sanctification, through Wesley, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to the Pentecostals, and go right on into the perfection of the Son of Man that when husband and wife will be not different but the same person. God will be so manifested into his bride his church till they will both be the same. They are one. Now you see where we're at. And that's why we keep going back to this chart that brother Br- brother Wade's been preaching on that I'll just touch on just for a moment. And you can see those three stages of perfection. And what, what's bringing perfection? As you eat the word, it's uniting, like just looking in the mirror. The mirror of God's word, as Paul will say. You're feasting on the word, as you're becoming more and more like Christ. And the first stage will be your new birth, that you're born again. And the second stage will be God is sanctifying you as you move up the stature of perfect. That's what the stature of perfect man is. He's cleaning you up, cleansing you until finally you come to adoption where you get to a place where God really, the place where God really wanted you. And that is what is necessary to bring the saints from the ground. He said, three is perfection. The ministry come to us perfection when it reproduced Christ again and natural amongst human beings as was predicted as it was in the days of a lot. And another quote, he said, and the seed is not air with a shuck. He said, now we understand also that God is perfected in threes, God is perfected in three. Grace is five. Seven is completion like the world. God is perfected in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's the perfection of the Godhead. Now there's also in, in, in paragraph 49, there's also three in perfection of the steps of grace to the church. Justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That consists of the new birth, just like a natural birth is typed by it. Which a woman, three, three steps, three steps to come into perfection with Christ. And that's why Paul was saying, God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And in Hebrews chapter 6, Paul said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance, not laying again this foundation here at the bottom, but let's keep going on to perfection in Christ. And 1 Thessalonians, it said, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that that uh, we which are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and that ties back perfectly with what Paul is saying that we've got to be made perfect so the dead in Christ will come forth from the ground this is a promise that the Lord himself will come with a message to unite us with him so to bring the dead from the ground that because they without us shall not be made shall not be made perfect. Brother Ram said in the stature of a perfect man, he said, You get it? These people who died in here are depending and waiting on us. So this church has got to come to perfection in order to bring the resurrection. And they're under souls under the altar, waiting for this church to come to its perfection, that when Christ does come, and this church, you see, is coming smaller, smaller in the minority. he said, let's get the message to the dying. That's what he's waiting on us to do. Now, you think, does this really drive it home to make it personal? You think about all your loved ones. Many of us, many of the ones sitting here have lost spouses or loved ones. And and to think that they are actually waiting on you. I I think that's really maybe a lot of fire under us. That if they're waiting on us, then it's prudent on us to do these things that he's encouraged. Uh, like Paul, Paul, Paul was so encouraging. If you really read Hebrews 11 and 12, and Hebrews 12, he's telling you, don't give up. Let's run this race with, with everything that's in us. because And, and even Brother Brown would say, what are, we, what are we doing at church for? We're here for a purpose, to, 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 unite, to, to unite with Christ, to, to see his word made manifest in us. And he he was, Brother Brown was seeing it in the sudden secret going away of the church. He said, oh, what we need today is a calling together, a getting ready and not depending on the preacher, but you as an individual before God, make yourself ready for the coming of the Lord. No matter what they call you and what action they take, that doesn't change God one bit. God will do it just the same. He's depending and waiting on us. Oh, if we could be like those saints in Hebrews 11 and not look at circumstances, not look at other people that are maybe preaching wrong or doing wrong or living wrong, but just keep our eyes right on Christ Amen. because there's he is the goal. Christ is the goal to bring us to perfection, to want to be one with him. And the message, I knoweth it not. He said, well, what are we coming here for? What are we doing? Are we coming here playing a game? Are we coming here meeting as a It's Christ can't come until that church is perfectly right. He's waiting on us. What's he waiting on? He's waiting on a church without a spot or a wrinkle. He's coming back like that story that Brother Ram told of the little girl that got married to the, to the, to the, to the um, meat company man that, when he comes she was already waiting for him with her wedding clothes on and that's how christ is going to come he's going to come back for a bride that has been sanctified and cleansed and made perfect that has gone through those three stages of perfection not not because somebody made her or coached her into it but because individually individually you got yourself ready individually if you go back and study out that message in oneness brother ram said god wanted to deal with us each individually and would draw us back into oneness with himself. Individually, we all have our own individual walk that we're doing. It's up to you and I individually. And he said, and not one word or one iota that will ever fail. The church will be in that shape when Jesus comes. Now to think about that, sometimes you look around and uh, I I know ministers get discouraged sometimes. You look around and, and see the shape that it seems like things are in like brother luke was preaching people leaving it doesn't seem like they have a real stake in the they they don't have a stake in the ground if they're leaving Uh, i i i was telling brother wade i just last sunday i preached at a church that their pastor just a year ago left the message and we come back and i stayed overnight in kentucky with monica's family and they were telling me another pastor there that's 80 years old just left the message And what is it? They they just, they don't, they don't have, they're not rooted and grounded. They're not, they don't have a a real experience in the word because if Christ comes in your heart, (coughs) oh, no, isn't that what Brother Ram taught us in the interval? justification? You're living by your faith and that faith can, faith can, can go away. You'll, you'll lose it. Sanctification. You, you might believe for a little bit, but then you'll stop believing. But now when he gives you his faith, that's permanent. And if he's really given you his faith, you, you're not going to stop and turn around. You, his faith is permanent. And Brother Ram said in the stature of a perfect man, he said, you get it. These people who died in here are depending and waiting on us. So this church has got to come to perfection in order to bring the resurrection. And they're under souls under the altar waiting, altar waiting for this church to come to its perfection. That when Christ does come. Oh, I think that should be encouraging to us this morning as we're getting ready to close. Now if you just if you're if you're if you've just been born again, you're wondering what comes next. Oh, there's more. There's plenty more. Oh, you can you can even discern when, when you hear people preaching and things, oh, God has called us not to just preach like a little baby form, like just repentance and things. There's so much more. When you're born again, oh it just opens up the whole world of things. And that's that's why that's why one of the greatest evidences that you've been born again is do you see? Do you see what the message is really about? Maybe if you're questioning, if you're born again this morning, one of the greatest evidences that you're born again is that the spirit of truth will lead and guide you into all truth. Or look back in your life and see, do you really see, do you really see these things that seem complex and and difficult to understand? Or are you you looking at like these people that are leaving the message? All you you see is just uh, whether or not Brother Branham said there were 10,000 people when he uh, when the light came to him on, uh, on the when he as he was baptizing on the Ohio, Ohio River, and just all the little, the little, the little things that just a human is going to do—is that all you see, or do you see Christ? Because the revelation of Jesus Christ is the evidence of the new birth to you. And we'll stop on that. God bless you. The musicians can on.